Alright, what's up guys? Uh, I got a lot to talk about, for sure. Um, since last time we've spoken, I have, I went skydiving. For my second time. Me and my girl. I've been planning this for a long time. I, I've been like, I don't know, G Corey Goonan rides for all I need. And he's he's been on since the beginning. And the dude, I, I love his skateboarding. He just has that type of skateboarding that you're like, you just like watching him skate, you know? And, uh, I don't know, he's one of the raddest people I know, and I got the opportunity to turn him pro. The man's been at it for a long time, putting in video part after video part. He put out, he, he had a full part in Thrive Prosper Rise, our first video, um, for all I need, and, uh, a part in Lighten Up as well. If you look that up, YouTube, Corey Goon and Lighten Up, Thrive Prosper Rise, um, the dude is sick, man, but I had the chance to turn him pro, so I asked him, I planted the seed a while back, I was like, Corey, you want to go skydiving for AIM Life, for the show AIM Life that I'm creating, and he was like, he's like, dude, I've never been, he's like, I'm down, I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome, and uh, so right then I got the spark, I was like, you know what, it's going to be his first time skydiving, and that's like crazy to me, I know they say it's safer than driving a car, and actually the guy at the spot that we went to in Newport, Newport Skydive, he actually told me that more people die from vending machines falling on them than skydiving. So, I mean, that's pretty sick. But either way, it's like you jump out of a plane from 10,000 feet up. You, you actually don't even jump out. You get thrown out because you're go you have to go tandem the first time you go skydiving or until you get certified or something. And uh, that guy decides. You're strapped under the front of him. He, like, tells you to put your legs out of the door. And, uh... You do it, and then he just decides, all right, we're going to shove off 10,000 feet, and you're just falling through the sky like insane, like a dream, like you'd imagine when you're dreaming. So um, I, my great idea was like, you know, I, Corey has really helped me build up AIN. The man deserves a board, and uh, I had the chance. So I was like, what's the most epic way, dude? So after he goes skydiving, having that experience of jumping out of a plane and flying through the sky like a goddamn superhuman... And then you land, and then we had his family and his friends surprise him right when he lands. He lands, and then they come up, and Ramsey gives Corey his first pro model skateboard for all I need. And, like, we filmed this whole thing, so this is going to be episode two of AIN Life. It's pretty epic, dude. It was such a good day. It was beautiful out. We got the most perfect day for skydiving, and it was insane, man. We went in Newport, Rhode Island, which is gorgeous, you know, so... It's insane. We went up in a little like dinghy plane, and uh, yeah, man, just when we were flying through the sky, and then when they pulled the chute, and I'm floating above Newport, and I can see the ocean and all these beautiful homes, and just like it was insane. Um, so that's coming out. That's coming out. We did that. That's episode two. I'm excited for you guys to see it. It was like really fun to create. Um, once again, GoPro hooked it up. We had some GoPros to film with, so. We got all those sick angles. Um, actually, when Corey jumped, we had a guy, we had another person jump with him, like next to him, and he was filming Corey. So Corey's got two angles. He's got the GoPro angles, and then he's got a dude flying before him. He jumps out and filming him. So, like, he has a little drone next to him or something. Um, yeah, so we did that. That was crazy, and it couldn't have been any better. It was such a rad day. Um, everything went smoothly, like our shoots opened up. <laughs> My girl again, 
Dashiell Berry, she killed it. She went skydiving for the second time. And she's way braver than me, apparently. Because <laughs> I'm, like, freaking out in my head and just, like, shaking and physically nervous, falling apart. And my girl just keeps it together. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we did that. Uh, that's, that'll be episode one's coming out um, next week, actually. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me, but it's coming. It's all finished now. And then the skydiving's coming, so... Um, yeah. Also, today's guest, man, Chris Cote, he's a cool dude, man. RP Best introduced me to him, told me the guy had lots of cool stories and had lived a life, and he wasn't lying. Chris was the man. I really felt like I made a friend. It was my first time speaking with him, but we talked all about shark attacks, transworld surf. We talked about music, being in the band, even being a, I think it was a drum technician for Blink-182, and, uh, yeah. We talked about all types of cool stuff, man. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And once again, I just want to say, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for listening. It's awesome. Seriously, all the positive feedback. Like, it makes me stoked to keep doing this. I do a lot of stuff, and it's like some days, you know, I don't know. I really enjoy doing this. But when you the positive feedback and the love, and when you guys share it and help spread it, that gets me so hyped because I'm all about growth. So... To me, man, if this thing keeps spreading and growing slowly, it's it's awesome, dude. Even if you just tell one friend about it. I don't know. I love learning how to interview people, and I love talking about everything, and uh, it's awesome. I, I I love podcasts. I listen to them all day when I'm at work, and it's just like I'm working a 8.30 to 5, 5 job, and it's a good job, but it's not like my passion. So I'm sitting here listening to comedians and philosophers and scientists and like – I'm, I'm like having, I'm laughing out loud to myself at work, you know, and the more you laugh at work, I think it goes by smoother, or I'm listening to something about, you know, something I've never heard outside of my box, new data, it's helping me grow, I love communicating and sharing, you know, everyone should do it, um, but thank you, please, thank you, thank you, thank you, all the guests that come on, so cool, man, um, tripping me out, it just trips me out, everyone is very open, honest, sharing, and I've got some cool people on. And it's because you guys, the listeners that are sharing and spreading the word and reposting and helping these download numbers grow. It's it's a trip, man. So honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything. Uh, yeah, enjoy this episode. Peace. This is the Shetler Show. Whatever you do, you have one thing that's unique. You have the ability. To make up. When things get tough, this is what you should do. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. I hope they get it. I'm sick of explaining history. I'm rolling with a circle of winners. We claim the victories. Yeah, come on. It's about to be the realest shit you ever heard. You're in a transitional world right now. Yeah, just basically going for it. You know? Sometimes you, know, you think about getting hurt or slamming, but you know it happens. It's skateboarding. You know, it happens game, every day. Yep. People are worried about skateboarding and the skate state of the industry. Yeah. The truth is, we are the industry. Yeah. Skateboarders are the industry. Experience, I guess, just because there's like I've never seen like that many skaters in one place. Just like it's like we take over the streets. All right, Chris. Yes. Sick. All right, we had a little Skype difficulty right there, but uh, you figured it out on your end. We're good. We're live. All right. Not live. We're All recording. Right. So I get it. So people listening, I get a text today while I'm working, and it's like, did you see this video of a fighter? I mean, of a sh- uh, surfer fighting off a shark? And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> so of course, 
first thing I do is go home. I'm fucking Googling. Uh, surfer versus shark. Pops up. I'm going to give you a little preview. Can you hear that, Chris? Yeah. So for the people listening, this dude's sitting there. A dorsal fin pops up. He's on a surfboard. He's, like, struggling. He's literally wrestling with a shark in front of a whole surf audience. The World Surf League, huh? Yeah. Madness. He's swimming. He's swimming away from the shark. Stop moving and get going. Like just stop paddling again. And and then all of a sudden, I I don't know. I just had this instinct that someone was behind me. And then and then all of a sudden, I felt like I started getting pulled underwater. Fuck that! And I was on my board, and it was like right there. I saw the like the whole thing just thrashing around. But I was getting dragged under by my leg rope, and then. And then I Hold on, like we're gonna pause it right there. What the hell did he say? He was getting dragged under by his what? So a uh, leg rope, a leash. You know, oh. it's attached. It's attached to his ankle and to the board. Okay, yeah. I've been surfing a few times, and my buddy Conrad's been taking me out, and I had a leash on. It's so you don't lose your board, right? Yeah, basically. All right, let's let's hear him out. Let's hear what he said. What else he had to say? Kicked me off, but then it was still there going, and I was still attached to my board, and I felt like a punch a couple of times, <laughs> and then. And then it was dragging me. I felt like it was just dragging me underwater. And then all of a sudden my leg rope broke. And I was like, all right. <laughs> just start swimming. I was swimming and screaming. There's all these people on jet skis, like, ready to get him the fuck out. And I'm happy to not even compete ever again. <laughs> like, seriously, like, to, to walk away from that, I'm just, just so stoked. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. All right, Chris. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. All right. That was a, yeah, that was a crazy thing to wake up to the other day. Yeah, I mean, I, like I just said, I don't really know much about surfing, so this must be pretty damn rare. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like getting struck by lightning, and it, it's crazy. There's obviously been a bunch of shark attacks, shark bites, and things like that. This is like, you know, Nija or somebody skating in street league and a bear comes out of the crowd and attacks him and he fights the bear and wins and it's i mean the fact that it happened i mean this is during the final there's a million people watching uh it's filmed in hd it's like it's crazy that it happened and it's still i think surreal to a lot of people yeah he he (laughs) he reminds me of like um a superhero he fought a fucking shark on tv and won yeah insane (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was it was like the, the the best scripted thing you could ever have, you know, in, in your career. And it's funny in that interview, you can tell he's laughing at first and he's pumped, and by the end, he's like realizing, holy shit, the magnitude of what just happened. Yeah, you, you can tell he's about to cry. Yeah, you know, yeah, you could ahead. totally tell he was like, you saw some emotion at the end for sure, like thankful to have a limb because that's the first thing I think is like, there goes my foot or something gnarly. Yeah, crazy. I mean, that's the surfer's biggest fear, basically. Either, either there's two things: there's a shark or big waves. I mean, those are the two things that you're scared of. Yeah. And to walk away with that, I mean, almost you got to think like it, it. It it's a one in a million shot to even see you know see a shark like that, but to win, it's never gonna happen again. So you you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> go back. Go back out. You're all good. 
<laughs> Spin it for the positive, man. He's, exactly. That's how all my skate like because I have pro boards. All my skateboards would have a shark on it and me like choking out the shark for sure. I'd run. That. I'm the shark guy. <laughs> the shark man. Perfect. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you for starting out that way. That was okay. Yeah. That's not normal for me. Back to the real world. All right. So obviously you like surfing. Yes, sir. How long have you been surfing? Um. Well, I'm 38, so I probably started boogie boarding and stuff when I was, you know, 7 or 8. Um, did that for a little while and then started, like, standing up on the board, probably around 12. Where, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Encinitas, so it's pretty much like, you know, you get to a certain age, 6 or 7 or something, you, you get a skateboard and a boogie board or a surfboard. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, you just grew up, we grew up close to the beach, so it was like, grow up, you skate to the beach. You surf all day, and then you skate home, and while you're skating home, you, like, you know, slash the sidewalks and stuff. Hell yeah. So it's pretty much, you know, like, especially here, you know, San Diego, Encinitas, you start off surfing and skating, and then you kind of start picking your favorites, but I never really picked my favorite. I just kind of did both. <laughs> That's awesome. That's how it should be. Just go with right. whatever's fun, whenever's fun. Exactly. That sounds awesome to skate. Like, I'm in the, no I'm in the Northeast, you know, so... We're like in outside a city, in a city. It's like um, there's the ocean here has boats, like uh, commercial fishing. It's like oil and stuff in New Bedford. Like I can't go surf in there. There is right. spots in Rhode Island though that I've been finding out about that are pretty sick to surf. My buddies yeah, shown. Ruggles. Yeah, yeah. It's just people have spoken about that. So cool. I've been going to Narragansett Beach. I don't know if you've been there. That place is really fun as well. Um, so. With the surfing, did you ever try to get sponsored? Were you ever sponsored? Yeah, I was probably like a C grade pro surfer for you know five years or so. What so what's a pro? What what like in a skate in skateboarding you get a pro deck? Is it the same with surfing? I mean, surfing's a little different because the the word pro doesn't it kind of intermingles now because even twelve year olds are getting paid. So basically, in surfing, you you would consider getting paid meaning that you're pro. Um, it used to be once you got paid once in a contest, that means you were not amateur anymore. Damn. So you were pro. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I started making a little bit of money in contests and getting paid by sponsors, um, traveling a bunch. And then I, I kind of realized that I wasn't like, you know, like I said, C grade. You weren't so, fight, You weren't fighting off sharks. I wasn't fighting sharks. <laughs> I wasn't surfing pipeline. So I just kind of uh, transitioned into, you know, the... Uh, business side of action sports yeah. you know doing uh working in marketing and then uh eventually starting transworld surf magazine in 1999 with a, a group of people dude that's so cool i was checking it out a little bit before when i knew we were going to talk i was like i heard about transworld surf and i was checking out the articles and some interviews and stuff like that um how did that job come about did you did you apply for it did people know you from surfing like you just how does that come about well, I was doing a bunch of writing, you know, kind of one ways that I worked my way into magazine world. Um, I had always written and, and stuck in school, so I just kind of worked my way in through when I'd go on a surf trip, photo trip, whatever, I'd kind of offer to write the article Sick. for Surfer or Surfing Magazine. So, you know, I kind of started to write more and more, and then I got, I got contacted uh, from a guy named Steve Zeldin, who was starting Transworld Surf, and for me, it's like... You know, I grew up skating Del Mar Skate Ranch, so I, I saw, like, 
Grant Britton and all those guys, like they were my heroes. And then I would get Transworld Skate every every month, and I loved it. And so to be connected through surfing to Transworld was pretty much a dream. And we really modeled that magazine after Skate Mags. Hell yeah! Um, it was kind of like Big Brother meets Transworld Skate with a little Thrasher kind of thrown in. Damn, so you guys had a little raw, a little rawness to it then. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were we came in at, at a time when surf magazines were really serious, competitive-driven, um, you know, and we kind of turned it on its head, and we did a, just wacky shit, chopped up surfboards, did product reviews. You know, we were really skate-driven. Yeah. And um, that's where we really stood out, and, you know, we started getting – a lot of skate companies at that time were trying to kind of break into surf, like Audio, DC. You know, they were just starting skate programs, so it was perfect. And we had, at times, we would be like thick, you know, a half-inch thick magazine. It was that, you know, because everyone wanted to be a surf skate brand, basically. Yeah, they're trying to cross markets to like... Yeah. Yeah. So it was sick for us. I mean, I remember we had ads with like Steve Barra, audio ads. Yeah. And we were so hyped because everyone at Transworld Surf skated as well i mean we would skate with the with the skate crew at lunch on flat bars and stuff Damn, and, that's and at the tracker park so it was like as much a skate scene as it was a surf scene in the office it was it was tight damn is tracker truck still around you know what i heard i heard that there was rumors of like tracker um doing a new project a book or something so I hope so. There I mean, might be a resurrection then. I yeah. I trackers from when I was younger, dude. That was yeah. <laughs> the ball, well, the Balmas who started Transworld, you know, started Tracker as well. And I still see them all the time. I and mean, they're super awesome. And shit, I, I remember having, I had Gull Wings forever. Yeah. And then I switched to Tracker. And, you know, I think like most people now I'm on, I'm on Indies. I don't know what you are on. <laughs> oh, I'm Thunder. I like Jim C. Jim Thibault is the man, so I ride Thunders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the first people to give me trucks, actually, because I started skating for Solstice Skate Shop in New Bedford, Mass., and then Jay showed my footage to the dudes at Deluxe, and then they sent me Thunders, and then that's that was so long ago. Shit. But, uh, yeah, since then, I've met Jim Thibault a bunch, and that guy's classic to me. Um, yeah, talking about Transworld, um, growing up on the East Coast, man, just like magazines and videos were our lives for like half the year because the winters are so brutal you know so we're just like we'd get a magazine as a little kid and i would look through that thing like a hundred times in a day you know what i mean like front backwards like we'd have full conversations with each other about all the, oh, yeah. the articles transworld um yeah it has such a rich uh legacy in skateboarding it's cool no that they're the surfing what else did, did they did they do transworld motocross yeah, so after Surf, they went and they, they had a magazine called Warp for a while that was kind of like... What was street it? Style. It was called Warp. Warp. And it and then it turned into Stance. And that was kind of like a hip-hop, street-style, you know, surf, skate, snow kind of mix. Um, they did Transworld Moto, uh, Ride BMX. So for a while, they had every sport, basically. Covered. Uh, yeah, every sport covered. Did, it, did Transworld start with skateboarding? Yes. That's it. it. That's yeah. it. I feel like that's one for the skateboarders. Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so back to surfing. I'm sorry I want to keep yeah. talking about surfing, but this Let's is a, surf. Let's a, surf it up. It's a new world to me, man. Um, 
and I really enjoy it. It's really fun, but it's it's hard for me. I don't have upper body strength because I've been skateboarding for 20 years. So <laughs> it's all on you're, my legs. You're flipped. Yeah. I mean, that's the hardest thing. Surfing, it doesn't, you know, that's why when kids start, it's a lot easier because when you're a grown-up, even paddling out, it kicks your ass. It's and worth. I think, yeah, a lot of people get really frustrated when they first start surfing because you get hit by waves over and over and you just, you know, it's like, you look, you look at it and you're going, okay, well, I know that if I catch a wave, I can stand up. You know, you skate, you snowboard before. So you know you have the balance and everything, but it's just a matter of like the cardio and, and just the upper body strength that is the biggest pain in the ass, especially to like older, you know, to adults. Yeah. You try to surf, it's, you're like, what the fuck? I well, can't I, even get out to where they are. Yeah, I started surfing uh, this year. I'm 32, so I'm who you're talking about. I'm an adult who's like, I'm just going to try surfing. And uh, my girl actually picked it up like that. She was pretty damn good. She um, she just had like, she was just knew what she was doing for whatever reason. But uh, me, dude, I, I actually, I went with my friend Conrad, and he was pushing me into waves. This is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> he First, he put us on a big-ass board. He put me on like this Cadillac board that's so big that I could I couldn't fall off of it, basically. And then he would push me into the waves, and I would paddle, and he'd, like, push me at the end of the surfboard, and I would catch it. And it was so much fun when you get to stand up, and, like, it's like the longest ride, too. You just ride it all the way in. You're like a child. That, you know, it makes you, you feel like it, and you're happy, and you just get up and go. And, and there's, it sound, as corny as it sounds, it's true, like, only a surfer knows the feeling, you know, that old saying. Yeah. That's true. Once you stand up, you're like, oh, my God, this is rad. Yeah, it's fucking epic. And then I've actually gone a few times with conrad where he wasn't teaching me like a lesson he actually just brought me out and so he could surf yeah <laughs> and that's a whole different thing and that's when oh, yeah. what like if a shark attacked me i would be fucked i couldn't even swim really <laughs> i grew up in the city so i'm like a cat in water so i'm sitting there trying to learn how to swim and uh these waves are so much scarier when they're bigger than three foot you know and it's like oh, yeah. the ocean's so damn powerful too i'm learning there's a lot of shit happening out there. <laughs> yeah. Can There's you, a lot going on. Can you surf? Like, I mean, you've been surfing a long, long time, so you can catch some of the bigger waves? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't fuck with, like, big waves. I mean, big waves, you'd think it's probably, like, eight, eight feet or ten feet and over. And it goes up to, like, 60 feet. That's massive to me. That's yeah. big. That's massive. Yeah. I like small, good waves. Um, you know, I... Probably the biggest wave I've ever caught is maybe like 10 or 12 feet, so double overhead, you know? Jesus. Uh, but that's, you know, that's pushing it for me. But it's funny because you see guys that aren't that good going out and they'll catch 20-foot waves just because either they, they're ignorant to the fact that they could die or they're just like, I mean, you just know create like people that are, you, you've seen them like skate park, just kind of a kook that's like, oh, fuck it, I'll drop in, and, like, they drop in a vert ramp and somehow pull it. Yeah, you're it's like, the same surfing. Shit. Yeah, you're like, watching the guy going, dude, don't, you shouldn't be doing this, and then they pull it somehow, and then you feel like a pussy because you know you could, like, I know I could surf pipeline and all that shit, but I'm too scared. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I have the skill, but I don't have the balls. <laughs> and so, yeah, that, it's, that, it's pretty crazy, yeah. That feeling you get, when you when you call yourself a pussy, that feeling is being smart because there's sharks out there and those waves could kill you and those waves could kill you. God, damn. Yeah, I guess I'm saving I'm saving myself. All right, so let, let's get into traveling a bit. You said you've been to a lot of places, man. I bet with with surfing with Transworld, did you travel to some beautiful places? Yeah, so when I was surfing uh, like competitively and doing photo trips, 
you know, Japan, Australia, Mexico, all the, all like places like that, Hawaii, a bunch. Um, for sure. Kind of, yeah, there's kind of places that you like have to go if you want to be a pro. You know, Hawaii is one of them. Um, probably Australia as well. And, you know, Mexico is kind of like for San Diego or California. That's like your first surf trip because it's right there. Okay. Um, and then after that, through Transworld, you know, then I would set up the trips, write the articles. So then I got to travel shit all over, like Fiji, you know, Tahiti, basically everywhere there's waves because um, we would cover everywhere. That must have been a pretty good gig, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, and it's funny because I kind of parlayed my work at Transworld into commentating uh, surf contests. Oh, yeah. RP mentioned that, dude. Yeah, and so, you know, all the, like places that I would travel for competition and then through Transworld Surf Magazine just on, like, editorial trips, I started going to commentate the events, which was just awesome because, you know, you're you're just talking into the headset, talking about surfing, kind of deciphering what's going on, calling scores, and just like a play-by-play analyst. So through that, you know, Fiji a bunch of times, Tahiti, Hawaii, probably, Hawaii probably two or three times a year, um, Nicaragua, Costa Rica. I mean, all right, all right, here's the question. Yes. Out of all these places you can remember, which one should I go to? For beauty factor, for surfing, for like lifestyle, for chilling, for good times. Maybe even bring my lady. Well, I could recommend a couple spots. So right, I would please. say from from where you're at, you know, the ease of access, Central America. Okay. Um, the waves down there are friendly. They're not like death defying at most spots. Um, probably Costa Rica or Nicaragua. Damn. Um, are the easiest. You know, you just get there and you set it up with a surf camp or whatever. They pick you up at the airport, you go to the camp, and it's just like, you don't have to do shit. Really? They have surf camps in these places? Yeah, with guides and stuff. So if you go down there and you're like, look, you know, this is me and my chick, we're beginners, so take us to a mellow spot, and it's straight up like, take you to the beach, surf, come in, eat, drink, repeat, chill, <laughs> hammocks and shit, so... I'd say, like, entry-level surfing is Central America. Um, Cabo San Lucas is another place that's, where, like... Where is that? It's in Mexico. It's at the tip of Baja, basically. Okay, yeah. Mexico seems realistic to me because it's so close, so I'm like... Yeah. And I've heard I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah, Cabo is an hour, you know, an hour and a half flight from San Diego, and another place where you land, and then within 20 minutes, you're on the beach. Damn. So it's and it's you know it's safe it's relatively inexpensive um, there's surf lessons and you can rent boards you know it, it can be a pain in the ass to travel with surfboards like I mean you've seen the these guys fill these giant bags with three or four boards it's gonna cost you four hundred bucks to just yeah. for your baggage yeah so, just imagine fucking baggage fees yeah exactly um, I'm only yeah, I mean it's twenty five bucks for my bag I'm kind of pissed yeah you're like what the fuck <laughs> well I, I lately I've been you know, you make friends in wherever you go, and so, you know, I've made friends with shops and stuff around the world, so I just try not to bring bags at all, and I just yeah. set it up to where, like, I'm coming down, let me rent a borrow a board, and just keep it simple like that, you know? Genius, genius. All right, on my show, I like to jump around, and there's a Let's lot Let's jump. Of... All right, perfect. Um, You said you started... You... All right, well, I got to start in the beginning. Did you go to college? Just wondering. A little bit. I went to, uh, like, a little bit of college. Um, but I couldn't do math. I don't know. I just was like mind blocked on you, math. Wait, were you honestly <laughs> trying or you're just not into it? 
Oh, I wasn't really into it. Because I, <laughs> I was, like, surfing and traveling at the time. So I kind of, like, in a way, I as I started working and stuff in the surf industry, I just kept working and growing, um, you know, kind of, like, uh, business-wise, I guess. Yeah. So I just kind of got to a point where it was, like, too late, I guess, to go back to college. Um, I wish I had because, I don't know, watching, like, those college movies with the college parties and chicks and stuff, <laughs> like, it was fun. Yeah, it but, seems like you miss out on something for sure. Yeah, it was like, I went to, like, the school of the road, I guess, you know, just traveling and working. So I was just kind of jumped right in. I think those parties, those those college parties, they, they cost you, like, 40 grand in debt, I'm pretty sure, if you get to go to them. So, like, I don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's yeah, like, when I graduated high school, I kind of did something similar because I was already skating, and when I, I, I didn't even know I graduated from high school. I just, like, because I didn't really care about school. I just do enough to pass, you know? And yeah. I had so many absences because I just didn't go to school that um, I didn't know if I was going to graduate because of the absences. Um. But anyways, so I found out I graduated. My mom ran into the principal, and he's like, why didn't Anthony come to graduation? He graduated. I was like, oh, okay, sick. Graduate. Congrats. Yeah, but then I was like, I had a chance to go to Japan right then, too, and that's I just went with Fibro back in the day, and it was like, I wasn't even thinking about college, because I'm like, I get a chance, I literally get to go from where I'm living to Japan, like at 18, you know what I mean? That's funny. That's like one of the first places that I went as like a pro, you know? Japan. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy when you mentioned that earlier. I was like, I don't even I don't even imagine surfing in Japan. Yeah, it's it's big. I mean, it's the the waves can get really good, but for the most part it's pretty small. But, you know, the the Japanese surf market or the surf industry there is is pretty robust. So there's a lot of people surfing. That's good. Yeah, they used to, you know, buy a lot of shit too. So people the American companies would market over there. And that was like a big chunk of the money that, you know, the surf industry would get was from Japan. Do they have a surfing industry? Like, do they have pros and stuff too, do you know? Yeah, there was a Japanese uh, pro tour. Um, and there's still, you know, there's a bunch of Japanese guys now on, on the uh, the pro tour as well. Sick. So yeah, it's, it's you know, it was definitely a, a novelty when I went there to have like American surfers there. But now it's, you know, it's just pretty normal because everyone kind of co- inter- intermingles internationally. Yeah, that's awesome. That means it grew, it grew there. It's growing. Um, yeah, for sure. The reason why I was asking about college was because you said that you wrote articles for magazines. And I'm curious if that's something, did your parents show you that? Did you pick that up when you went to college? Like, they don't really teach that in high school. I guess not. Yeah, I think it was probably... Like structure, I guess? Right? Yeah. I get, You know, for me, my senior year that was like the only class i liked was i had like ap english Sick. and my teacher was super cool i i hated her at first but as i started kind of learning i realized that she actually really cared about me and so i started trying in that class english um and that's kind of where i started to like writing um and i, I would think my writing style if there is one is just pure conversation you know conversational writing basically so like a podcast yeah exactly so you know if i go on a trip it's like holy shit we went here this is what we did you know not blow by blow but kind of just describing the scene and you know people started to like it and again you know it was influenced from big brother and you know and like transville skate so it was fun so yeah so we were just having fun and kind of conveying that in surfing and you know i guess people liked it enough to where i I had 
this job writing in, in the surf world for to like 20 years now or something. So Damn, that's so it's, it's working. It's still working. I'm tricking everybody. <laughs> All right. What about tricking everybody? <laughs> what about um? What about announcing? Were you nervous? How how do you not? A lot of people won't just jump on a mic and like they're uncomfortable to talk in front of audiences. Um, it. I mean, it took a while. When I first did it, it was the same thing, just kind of like talking shop, basically. Yeah. Um, and then as I did it more and more, you know, it was. I've always been fine with like talking in front of crowds and stuff like that, and you know, I've been in bands and stuff, so. I never had a problem of being shy in front of crowds, so I kind of just related it to that, where it's just like, after, you know, the next day after a surf contest, you'd go and you'd talk to all your friends on the beach Hell or yes. in the parking lot. Holy shit, you see this? This guy did that, da-da-da. And so I kind of just parlayed that into how how I would talk in the contest. And again, it kind of grew from there. I did. Uh, I ended up doing a lot of stuff with Fuel TV. I um, seen someone. I was googling you, obviously, yeah. and I saw some of the interviews. I didn't get to watch them yet. I watched like one or two quickly, but I'm gonna go back and obsess. Yeah, please watch everything. <laughs> I'm actually but, working on a T-shirt. It's gonna have your face right on it. <laughs> it's gonna perfect. say Chris on the back. It'll be a shark. <laughs> awesome. Are you punching a shark? It'll be a yeah. It'll be a Shetler show shirt, and it'll just be a shark <laughs> attack, Chris T. <laughs> I basically, I mean, I honestly, like, I, just, I basically did and, and have done everything to just keep myself out there. You know, I, I started this thing, Cote's Cube, which is basically a five-minute video talk show that Sick. we built wherever at Transworld, out out on the field. And that's been, you know, that started again probably in, like, the year 2001 or something. You Whereas, started, Did you just start, you were just like, look, I have a cool idea, and you just started doing it. Yeah, basically just, you know, set up a camera and, and roll it. Interview whoever whoever comes in the office or, you know, whoever is kind of the hot topic at the time. Sick. Um, so there's, you know, a hun- I don't know, a hundred of those floating around the internet somewhere. Damn. It was cool because when Transworld Surf started again, you know, that was when kind of the internet was starting to, as dumb as that sounds, that's when it was kind of being popularized. Yeah. And so the bosses would come to us, you know, we'd do the magazine and they'd be like, okay, take whatever you have left over and put it on the website. And we're like, what? <laughs> the internet? Like, this is dumb. And then we started, you know, emailing porn to each other and going, oh, the internet's awesome. <laughs> Love the internet. <laughs> that, that, dude, I want to say shark attack again, too, because there's porn and there's yeah. shark attacks and like crazy shit like that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And if you want somebody to click on your website, just put shark attack something and Gen- they'll click on it. Genius. Click it. Genius. Um, no, that's awesome. I, I'm asking because I'm starting to, I'm going to do a show. I'm doing a show. Our first episode's actually done and I'm working tomorrow. I'm going skydiving with my friend Corey Goonan. Um, I'm taking him for his first time. He rides for my skateboard company and we're going to film it for the show. My show's called AIN Life. All I need life. Oh yeah. Yeah, we just, we, do, we just do amazing, awesome, rad stuff, and I meet with, like, passionate people that are into cool stuff or out there stuff. The first episode, actually, is coming out as soon as I get the, the skydiving, because I just want to put a trailer at the end for the skydiving for episode two. So, Hi. next week. But uh, the first episode has skateboarding with me and Westgate. You know Brandon Westgate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we skate Skater's Edge, our local park, and then it has a sensory de- deprivation tank. Do you know what that is? Oh, where you float in the water? Yeah, float tank. I go and do that and, like, check it all out. And, like, I film the whole thing. Um, How was it? Was it 
I have like bad claustrophobia. Oh, we was all it, do, man. You, you was it weird like yeah, that? It's literally just a tank, and you open it up, and you can fit right in it and lay down, and you can open the lid at any time. Like there's no, you know what I mean? Like this, you could just lift it up if you get feel claustrophobic. So you weren't tripping out in there? No, I was. I got really high before I went in. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going, whoa, man. I've I've been a bunch now. I've been like five, like seven, to ten, seven times at least. Seven. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. I brought people, too, because I was like, you got to try this out. It's super good because it's just a salt bath. So, you know, being a surfer, like, being in the salt water is so good for your joints and swelling and keeping you, like, youthful, I guess. I don't know. So Right. So it's kind of, like, meditational, but it also physically helps you yeah, when you're yeah. weightless in there. Yeah, your joints get all the rest, so your joints stretch out. You don't have gravity for an hour. You're literally just floating. Like, it's the first time i ever done that. Yeah, and then obviously, like... If you want, like I got, I get really high because I don't know, I like to do that, and I have, oh, yeah. I have a certificate that says I can. I bought it from the state of Massachusetts. You're legal. <laughs> if you're listening, and you're a cop. He's legal. Yeah, can do it. <laughs> so uh, I got in the tank, and it's sick, man. But so that's in it, and then we got pole dancing too. So my girl, my girl and her friend are professional pole dancers, and uh, we go to the studio with them and interview them. Like, why do they like pole dancing? How do they feel about it? And then we, they basically do a pole jam. They call it a pole jam, but it's like a skate session or a surf session. And uh, so it's all in this. For episode one's coming probably next week. And then I already, I already want to watch it. It sounds <laughs> fucking awesome. But uh, we just started doing it. My friend Manny was super into filming, and he wanted to create a project with with me. And I'm like, I have a million good ideas because I'm hyped on everything. So let's go try it. <laughs> yeah, that rules. That's cool that you got to do that with Transworld. And do you can do you still do it? I do it sometimes. Yeah, you know it, it's. I have now. I, I started my own business, Cote Media Group. Sick. Um, and so I have kind of a, a bunch of hustles going. So please tell me about some of the hustles. The hustles, you know, while commentating, I still do a lot of commentary. I'm going up to do the U.S. Open. Awesome. Probably my tenth or eleventh year doing that. Um. And then, uh, so the, there's a commentary side of it. I do, um, like freelance copywriting, um, working with creative agencies, um, to either do like product descriptions or, you know, re, remold text. Like, let's say, you know, one thing I did was a job for like Skechers shoes. Yeah. Um, you know, they sent all this copy, you know, these are the shoes, da da da. Try to make the, the copy sound cool, you know, like yeah, buzzwords, yeah, you yeah. know, sex it up. That's cool. So I, I do work in that capacity for creative agencies. Um, I do a magazine uh, bi-monthly for my hometown, Encinitas Magazine. Oh, sick. You Wait, you do that? Yeah, so this is kind of a group of homies from Transworld that got basically got together, and it's uh, they do a, a one in Oceanside, one in Carlsbad, and then we just started this one in Encinitas. Damn, that's so, so cool. What's in the magazine? Um, this one was actually, the latest one we did was about, you know, we did a surf shop roundup and then an article about this surf contest in 1975 where before every heat, the surfers had to drink this quart-sized bucket of beer. <laughs> and so the further you got in the contest, the more fucked up you get, and it became like a Woodstock for Encinitas, which at that time was, you know, a fairly small town, but just a giant beach party, and it got so big to where they just basically had to stop doing it because, you know, it became this massive party. It was too but, cool. It was too cool. Yeah, so we got these crazy photos from the beach, you know. It's funny because everyone's wearing these little short shorts, and <laughs> the girls are wearing these, like, kind of high-waisted bikinis. It looks like it could be 
yesterday. Damn. Just style wise. And it was 1975, so. Anyone got some Burt Reynolds mustaches? Oh, yeah, there's some good-ass mustaches in there. <laughs> um, we did a feature on Steve Sherman, and we had this, so he was a, he's a photographer. He started shooting a long time ago, but this was actually 1988. We got a shot of Mike V. Mike V, I was going to say, dude. Yeah, doing an Ollie and Encinitas, and I actually sent that or posted that on Instagram, and Mike V had never seen that shot, so that was pretty cool. Damn, that's so cool. You know he has a podcast, right? I heard, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty oh, sick. He, he has uh, a philosopher on that comes on with him too. Daniello, I don't, I always fuck up his name. I don't even want to try to, I don't even want to try to pronounce it. I'll blow it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty sick, man. You should give it a listen. Hell yeah, I will. Tim O'Connor has one too. You know Tim? I've heard Tim's is, is super funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. That guy's really funny, and he's like similar. He's a personality, and he he expresses himself, and he does the announcing and all that stuff. No doubt. Yeah. He's he's uh we actually had Tim O'Connor write some stuff for oh, Surf yeah he he did a, a couple things oh it would make sense because the big yeah. the Big Brother influence like he could exactly he could totally write something awesome <laughs> I like that I loved Big Brother I loved how raw it was and like experimental and like whatever the fuck they wanted to do they would do and then they'd push the limits and oh yeah I'm down for all that like get weird as hell I think it's awesome no doubt no doubt <laughs> do you know um because you know me me and you have briefly met through RP you know uh, Andrew Cannon. Um, I've met him before. I mean, I, obviously, I watch uh, I watch Street League, so I've become a fan. You know, I like I enjoyed his skateboarding, of course, but it's pretty rad to hear him commentating. You know, it, it's cool. It's cool because you never really know who's going to kind of pop up. You yeah. know, in in football and shit, you're like, there's a there's a guy commentating who used to be a player or whatever. So you're going, whoa, how did like Do of all know? the skaters and stuff like it's it's pretty sick because. He's kind of become like the voice of skateboarding, right? Yeah, at least in that arena. Yeah, at least yeah, in, the, in like the street league. Yeah, but that's a pretty big audience for sure in skateboarding right now. That's a big audience. That's, yeah. That's like your sports of skateboarding, you know? Yeah, that's like the world tour. Like again, so if you know if if Nigel got attacked by a bear, <laughs> Andrew would announce it. Had in surfing, Andrew would be announcing it if yeah, exactly. Nigel got attacked by a bear. A bear's on this course. Let's see if I have if I have any influence at all. If anyone's out there, if you if you go to Street League, if you go to the next one, please wear a bear costume and just and pretend yeah. like you're gonna maul Nyjah the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing to see that. Just in the in the fans, just some dude in a bear suit. You're like, I know we talked about that on the podcast. And then Andrew's gonna be like, Oh, you fucker! Shetler <laughs> set that up. That's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We're jumping around. We're jumping around. Let's do it. All right. What age, how, and what age did you find music? Um, Shit, early age. Same, you know, just uh, parents' record player and collection. Dude, that's um, sick. My they, parents yeah. never had a records player. My parents liked to party, so we would just all, they'd always be blasting music till late, late at night. And you know, when you're a kid, you're like, "What the fuck? Like, why do I gotta hear Led Zeppelin again?" <laughs> but you know, then you kind of just learn to love it, and so you're just very early, yeah. You're just falling asleep the stairway to heaven every night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to fall asleep. <laughs> and then, yeah, so I just kind of always loved music and always wanted to be in a band, and um, eventually started a band called Cut You Up, that's been around forever. Cut You what? Up. Yeah, K U T U U P. That was kind of like my first official band. 
Sick. Yeah. What kind of music? It, what kind of what genre? It's like indie rock, you know, kind of trashy. Sick. Um, yeah, it actually started as like a, a dare. I, I was a drum tech for Blink-182 back in the day. Oh, RP mentioned that. Was yeah, yeah, I kind of like jumped to speak of jumping around. Keep that going, was, keep uh, going. Yeah, that was another early job that I had. Um, and I would like to fuck with them for their music because I wasn't super, you know, obviously I liked them and I, you know, but I liked a different, you know, I liked indie rock and they were pop punk. So I would always mess with them and be like, you know, my band's way better than yours. That <laughs> band. He's just and, showing you the checks off to the side, like, can't, what? Like, <laughs> funny, you know, to kind of connect it a little bit more, the name Cut You Up that I had made up for my fake band actually came from a Mario Rubicaba song from the physics video way back. Yeah, physics, yeah, physics wheel concept video. Sick, that's awesome. So that's I, where you got the name? Genius. I got the name, yeah. And interestingly enough, this is like weird time warp shit, but Mark Hostetter, who originally started A1 Meets Wheels and was a pro for New Deal, yes. he, was, he made that video, and I, I had not ever met him, and then eventually he became the art director at Transworld Surf, Funny. so I would like and out on him at work every day, like, holy shit, you're Mark Hostetter, you know? He had the sticker with the guy playing the guitar with the long hair, that New Deal sticker. Yeah, I remember, dude, that was so sick. New Deal was like, when I first started skating, New Deal was like, doing it, you know? They were killing it right then, too. And Sparky Best had the fucking shove it line in the New Deal video. <laughs> I was always very impressed that one of my friends was in a video that big, I was... That was pretty insane. So cool, so cool. That brought, that brought it all back home, right there. Oh, yeah. So, Blink One Eight Two. Were they massive at this time? When you're, I mean, what were you doing for them again? What's the, what was the, what were you actually doing? Well, I was like a roadie slash drum tech. So I would, and I started with them just before they started getting huge, um, and I kind of rode that with them for two years. Sick. Um, basically, I would set the drums up. Um, for the original drummer and then for Travis Barker once he first, like, first started the band. Okay. Um, and I didn't know how to do it. I, they just kind of hired me because I was their friend. Um, <laughs> Sick. Yeah, and so, like, the, the day, you know, I set up the drums and then when Travis joined the band, he's like, my drums are over there in that box. And I had never set up, like, a real professional drum set. And so I opened the box and I was just like, holy shit. Like, what do I do? Um, I figured it out as it went, but, Man, I was like, you know, 21 years old, single, and we would just tour around, and they all had girlfriends, so it was just straight, you know, they would pay me to do party tricks, um, there was all these groupies and stuff everywhere, so it was a super fun, um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun, amazing, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fun job, I mean, all right, all right, I, this leads me to questions, questions right away, why the fuck are they single, they're in a band, I mean, I mean, why aren't they single? They're in a band. They're in a fucking band. I know. <laughs> they had all opportunities, but... What? I, yeah. Yeah, they blew all I, of those opportunities. I did, of the, I did a lot of the work for them. <laughs> you were getting paid to be the worker. Yeah. It was like deflection, you know? Like, well, I can't do it, but that dude right there can. We'd hook up with the roadie. And the girls would be like, oh, bomber, okay. <laughs> You're the cleanup, dude. You yeah. came in and took it over. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you know, after a while, we actually, once the band, the Cut You Up as a band kind of was real, you know, they had 
had us open for a bunch of shows. Um, and then we went out on the road with them and made a, a video called Riding in Vans with Boys. Damn, sick. As a documentary basically about like a small band going on a major tour. So for a month and a, uh, a, month and a half, we, we kind of like, they didn't announce it or anything, but we would just show up at the shows and they would, we had a filmer with us, so we would film. Yeah. Trying to hustle where to play, um, antics. You know, again, we were partying our asses off, so just funny shit happened the whole way. Dude. Um, it was good. Dude, that's insane. That's, that's what you gotta Google. That's, that thing, that's a fun video to watch. Riding, was, riding in vans with boys. That'll make you want to party, for I sure. Wrote, I wrote it down so I could totally. Nice. So that was on one, on your bill. Pay that bill and then watch the video. Oh no, that bill's paid. <laughs> That's dental. I got dental insurance. It looks like jury duty. <laughs> no, I don't vote, so I don't think they can get to me. <laughs> I've never voted. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I've been watching Donald Trump videos online. I don't know what to th- I don't know what to say or think. I don't know anything about politics, and it scares me incredibly. <laughs> Very scary. <laughs> scary. It's definitely scary. All right, all right. Back to um. Back to us. The band, like back to the battle of the bands. Did you actually ever prove it to him that you were the better band when you were like opening and shit? Did you? Were there times where you're like, we pretty much outperformed Blink One Eight too. Well, you know they had fire and um, pyro, you know, lasers, and we just had like uh, rum and cokes. <laughs> that would have been the time though if you could beat. Definitely, that we definitely outpartied them and. You know, we we out rock rock and rolled them. Yeah, they had girlfriends. You fucking yeah. win right away. You're single. You already we got rock and roll. We we tried hard. We tried our best. We trashed hotel rooms. Um, people had got broken bones. Um, I got branded by Billy Joe from Green Day. <laughs> branded like a brand like Iron. Yeah, uh, we were all loaded one night, and <laughs> I don't know how it came up, but somebody. Said, oh, let's brand you with the, you know, the pool pool bridge. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they lit like the metal at the end, and it's got the, yeah. so you can lay the stick on it. Yeah, and so you know, at the time, I said, yeah, let's do it. And so they lit it. They got it all glowing red with lighters, oh, and branded me. And that's in the movie too. And I explained to this day, this was like 15 years ago. To this day, kids that are you know like Blink fans or Green Day fans still. They recognized me and asked me, like, whoa, what was it like to get branded? You still have a star <laughs> branded. <laughs> the main outcome of that movie was we didn't sell any records, but people remembered me as the guy that got branded by Billy. <laughs> you had good times. You didn't sell records because you were having a good time. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't really concentrate on the business of music. <laughs> All right, first question. Yes. Where did you get branded? What are we on my, my ass. Yeah, that's what I figured. I, I didn't even want to ask it, but I kind of knew it. But you know, upper, upper ass cheek. Did did it? Do you still have a scar? Or are you still branded? Is it for? Uh, it it's funny. It it didn't really scar up because I took care of it. Which in hindsight, I kind of wish I would have left it. Like, <laughs> but it, now I have like a little ring of freckles. Super weird. Yeah, it's weird how that works. If yeah. you still had it on your ass, though, maybe some fan would be like, could I take a photo next to it? And that would be an Instagram photo that would crush. I know, right? <laughs> 400 I'll likes. Just, I'll just brand myself again. Take <laughs> <a> scar. <laughs> all right, all right. You said your parents liked the party. What did they do? What were they doing to make a living? Uh, my mom's a teacher. My dad's in real estate. Um, my 
other stepdad it was in um, the dried flower business. What is it? Dry like dried flowers. Like uh, flowers? Yeah, like dry like sticks basically. Okay. So we, yeah, so we would go to Arizona. We we actually lived in Arizona for a year on an Indian reservation when we were kids. What? Just pretty random. <laughs> pretty awesome. I love it. Yeah, Nav- Navajo Indian Reservation. Damn. What's that? All right. Well, fuck it. Let's go this route. What's that like? Is that different than living in like where you are now? I mean, yeah, they took us off the beach and took us to northern Arizona. And uh, the Indians would call us Pelicana, which meant uh, white white man. Yeah, damn right. And, you are. Yeah. And we would wear we were we wore shorts to school, my brother and I. And my brother like get his ass kicked for wearing shorts because they'd be like short pants, short pants. <laughs> and, you know they like slap him around, but I mean it was cool. There would be, you know, Native American dances and just pretty radical. Yeah, um, you know we we lived in like mud huts basically for a summer, which when you're a kid is awesome. We Wait, shot BB guns. And, are you fucking with me? No, I swear. You were in a mud hut. Yeah, it's called a hogan. <laughs> You said it so confidently in plain face. I like, I believed you, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if you're just making oh, shit up. Still, my, my stepdad still owns the land and they're still up there, the Hogans. For a year? You were there for a year? Yeah, for, we went there a couple times. So we'd go there in the summer. And again, like literally you're out on the, in the open range. So you just like wander around, shoot your BB guns and just, you can do anything. You know, we were wild little kids. So it was fun for us. So, what's the refriger- refrigeration like in a mud hut? Like, well, we have uh, you know, there's power and stuff. Okay, okay. Right. Mud walls, you know, with wooden roof. Okay. But they're 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 pretty nice, you know. They, there's blankets and the whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's an outhouse, so that was kind of. You know, there was rattlesnakes and shit everywhere. That's sketchy for sure. Yeah, that's one. Fun. If I'm, I'm like number one. I'm afraid of sharks, but fucking rattlesnakes, they're up there too, along with spiders. A black widow. That. Sh- I don't, yeah, fuck. I don't fuck with spiders. How do you, how do you get over the fact of swimming in the ocean over your head? Like, are you with sharks? Like, you, that's. I, a- I mean, we see sharks here a lot, but they're they're like leopard sharks, so they don't they don't you know they don't mess with you. They're bitches. Um, yeah, they're they're kind of scared of you. There's not, I mean, there's great whites in California, but for the most part, where I surf every day, there's, you'll never see a shark, knock on wood. Um, there's only a couple places that I've been where you're kind of like, you know, Santa Cruz, there's sharks for sure, and that's creepy. That's up, um, yeah, that's, that's. You just, I mean, you just kind of, you know, like, there's nothing you can do, and at least if you do get attacked and eaten by a shark, you're dying doing something fun that you like. Yeah, true. So, yeah, you kind of like you can't not surf because of it. You just go and you know wherever you're at. Like where this guy got attacked was in South Africa at, at a spot where they see sharks every day. Oh, so there's okay. constant fear. I mean, I don't know if I'd go surf there right now. Yeah, no, not <laughs> after that. No, obviously the sharks are calling out dudes like they got a hit on people. Yeah, I'll surf out here in Encinitas all day. You're not going to see a shark out here. Okay, yeah, I'm so new to the surfing in an ocean that I think there's sharks every time I get in over my head, no matter where I am. Cause it's well, where, where was, I mean, Jaws, that's like up by you. That's what, yeah. Martha's Vineyard? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I grew up watching. Don't, no, don't, go, surf, don't go surf up there. 
<laughs> it's fucking gnarly. Um, all right, back to your parents a little bit, because that was insane. I, I guess the flower business was doing okay, because you guys had electricity and stuff. That's awesome. All right. Oh. And so they, I guess that like you're, what you're, what you're doing or what you did or what you continue to do is pretty normal to your parents. They never were like, get a real job, nine to five stuff. Well, my mom had trip, tripped out. You know, I like I, I like you. Know, I, I went to Japan and I basically left her a note like, "Hey, I'm going to Japan." <laughs> and I came back and she, you know, she was kind of tripped and wondering why I wasn't in school and stuff. Um, basically, when I got a real job, you know, at Transworld. I was the same thing. I had I was probably twenty three or something, so I had just discovered booze and weed and and you know all that stuff. So I was like enjoying that life, excited, experience. Yeah, and I I lived in the studio behind my mom, so she would just be like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like we were just raging all the time. And finally, I got a normal job, and I was still partying my ass off, but I was going to an office, so it kind of legitimized it. How'd you get your work ethic? Where that where was that instilled? Um, that I kind of just started to develop that in the last couple of years. <laughs> well, you can hold down a normal job. I mean, yeah, like I work I work really hard now. Um, and I guess I was working hard. I mean, I think of it more as kind of like a hustle because while I'm I am working hard, I'm I'm still enjoying myself and surfing a lot, and I have plenty of time with my family, and you know, like skate a ton, so. I'm still doing what I love and making money. Yeah. So that's the balance, dude. That's what people are trying to do now. And, yeah. And now the, I keep telling this on every podcast. It's like if you can use the tools of this generation, the technology and tools, you can build your life. You just got to be passionate and you got to be able to work for it and you got to do whatever it takes. Like exactly. Even if you have to work another job while you're building what you're building, you know, like whatever you got to do. If you love yeah. something, keep it in your fucking life. And you'll you will find a way to make money off of it. You might. Exactly. That's like I mean, what you're doing now, the podcast, what your skate company, the the show. It's like you might not make money off it that day. Yeah. But we're doing shit to where you're going. Okay, if you work at this and you keep doing it, like the first time I was on TV, I would look. I sucked. <laughs> but I remember watching you going. Okay, I can do that. I got it. I can get better at this. You know, I know I had it. So now. You know, it's put a microphone in my hand and I can do anything yeah. like and, and now I've been doing a bunch of stuff for Vans on the music side of things like going to Warp Tour or concerts in, you know, Brooklyn and stuff. And Sick. I feel super I feel super comfortable like w- with a microphone and a camera guy like I feel way more outgoing and invincible, you know, as opposed to just being at the party or something where I'm like, shit, I don't, what do I do with my hands? Like I got, you know, and yeah. I don't, drink, I don't drink anymore. So I'm like, shit, now I just have nothing in my hands. Well, so. it's cool. It's cool. It forces you to like, when you have the camera and stuff there and they're, you're, you're the show, it forces you to be in the moment. So you got to like really be in that moment, you know, the pressure's on. But if it's fun, if you are having fun in the moment, it seems it could be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like to challenge myself too. So, you know, if I, if I'm going I, I, I put myself out of my comfort zone a lot in that capacity, whether it's, you know, putting, you know, going to do an interview somewhere weird that I have really no business at, you know, I'm just like, fuck it, I can do this. And so I just, there's, there's nothing that I have, haven't, uh, I guess accomplished, um, that I, that I have. 
that I haven't tried. Wait, does that make sense? Yeah, the, you've tried you everything you've tried, you've accomplished to yourself. Well, I've, I've failed a shitload of times. But. Yeah, I mean that's the same with anything. I feel the same exact way as you do. I feel like if I really focus on something and really keep at it, like a lot of people try something once or twice and then they quit, and then that's where that story comes from. You know what I mean? Like I can't yeah. do it. Like surfing, I talk down on my surfing. Because I'm just new at it. But realistically, if I apply more time and effort, I'll get better progressively or I'll feel it more or whatever. It'll be, it's so much fun to do. Like, if I really wanted to, I know I could get, I could go and get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit. It might take years and years and years. But it's like, if you really like something, you keep on that direction. I tell people all the time, I'm like, they're like, how do you still, how are you still doing this? Because at 14, I literally, I don't know if you know my backstory, do you? I mean, I know you're skating for sure. Oh, okay. Well, at 14, like, my father passed away, and, and my mom had a huge drug problem. So I literally was on my own at 14. And uh, uh, I was, you know, I was an optimistic, happy little kid, and then all that shit happened, and it just fucking weighted the world. But I just found skateboarding right then. And so at 14, I'm 32, and I've kept skateboarding my life for that long, and I've got, like you, i got to travel and be a pro in skating, and I've seen all these other countries, which is fucking amazing, and, like, I'd never thought, and I came straight out of the projects, like, when I told you I went from, to Japan, I literally, Steve Rodriguez took me out of the projects, uh, and straight to Japan, which is, you know, and I had, I had just, I had a lot of dysfunction as a kid, and I still do, I get, I'm trying to get over it, but as a little kid, you know, you grew up with your father passing away, your safety, and then your mom's, like, off running wild, like, trying to figure things out, and a family shatters, you know, so, but I just, I, the things I like in my life, the things that bring me joy and make me happy, I like fight for those things. I keep them in, I want to build them into my life. You know what I mean? I think that's the way to do it. Like, cause what the fuck is the point? I don't know. Money only brings me joy if it's with my friends or we're doing something awesome. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to own a million, I don't need a fucking yacht. Like, I just want to do cool things with the community of people I love and, you know, experience life, you know? Like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of friends very well off, and they're fucking miserable. The money can imprison you. The money <laughs> exactly. can imprison you. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So that's my my thing, too. It's like, I, I, I own my own business. I can work as hard as I want to and, you know, make more money and all that. But it's like, I I like to be at a level where I'm comfortable, my family's fed, but, you know, like, an hour ago before this interview, I, I just walked out and I jumped in the ocean. Yes. You know, I want to be able to, I want free to, to be free to do that. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how I set my life up. Like there are times where if I'm surfing too much or, you know, fucking around too much, I, I have like work guilt. Yeah. Like <laughs> shit, like I, I need to be working right now. And, you know, surfing is one of those things too, where it takes at least an hour, you know, that it's, it's not like golf where it takes five hours, but still, you know, you're out there for an hour. So whatever you have planned that day, you know, you got to go, okay, I'll be sitting out there sometimes after surfing for an hour and a half or something going shit. Like I have, I have to go in and get on my computer and work. <laughs> Business I, you know, like, yeah. You're just thinking like, shit, you know, it's like if you're at the park and you're going, dude, I got this podcast. I got to finish editing it or whatever. Just, it's like, just bring your, creeps laptop, into your mind, you know, bring your laptop onto the surfboard. You... See, that's a good idea. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> write it down. You write that down. <laughs> write it down for two days from now, so when you read it again, like, yeah. up mount to surfboard, you'll laugh your ass off. <laughs> oh, I used to do that all the time on trips, like, fill up notebooks when I'm, like, all loaded, and I'd go to try to read them, 
and I couldn't read a word. There'd be ten pages where it's like, what the fuck? It's just chicken scratch. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've started to try to take better notes and stuff, but, That's, you know, old habits. Yeah, I'll, you know, in my office, I have notes everywhere. I just write them on shit, but my real notes are on my phone, which scares me because Apple could fuck me hard if they wanted Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the notes section, right? You talk into it and then write it down. Yeah. Yeah, if they wanted to just, like, if it just deleted one day on accident or whatever, that would screw my whole shit up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is this is everything right here, too. Like, I have, this is my editorial life right here. Damn. These field notes books. It looks cool. Way cooler. Than <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have all, like, again, I don't even know what's in here because... This is all just shit that I've already used for articles or something like ideas. I didn't even know this is about John John Florence, the surfer kid. That's this whole book. That's sick. Yeah, and so I just, I'm kind of a pack rat, so I kind of hang on to that stuff. I can see in the background you got a bunch of records and cassettes, dude. Yes. Yeah, there's, I mean, all kinds of crazy shit in here, like random stuff. Is that room shaped? What is that shaped like? What are you in right now? I'm in a uh, Airstream trailer. Oh, okay, sick. Yeah, like there's the window and the door, so there's a look at it. Wow, that's so sick. Yeah, so my my office is uh right by the beach um, at a place called Univ. It's a shop. Yep. Uh, U N I V, and so I kind of uh, I work with them on some marketing, and I you know I kind of rock the rock the gear and stuff, and um. So they're building a brand. They have a shop, streetwear, you know, surf, surf gear, clothes, boards, shoes, and stuff. So they got it covered. Yeah. So I'm right. I'm right across the beach, uh, a street from a beach called Swami's. No shit. Kind of like a famous break. People come there and just that's the spot to go surf. Yeah. When the, when the waves get big, it's kind of the only spot you can surf around here. But it's kind of like a classic California spot. You know, the parking lot's always full of just dudes with longboards and hippies and shit, so it's, it's pretty said, cool. When you said, like, a famous break, what does that mean, that break, like, the break of the wave? Yeah, it's just, like, an iconic spot, you oh, know, it's, yeah. it's, for around here, it's probably the most famous break, you know, if, if you're a, a surfer, you, you know, they're, like, Pipeline, you know, Waimea Bay, Jeffreys Bay, there's a lot of famous waves, Swami's is probably the most famous wave in San Diego. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, Swami's or Black's Beach, there's a couple breaks that are, you know, kind of known worldwide swamis is one of them all right jumping around family life you have a wife and kids yeah a wife um and two kids six and four two boys wow you got two little hellions huh oh it's so fun (laughs) the six six year old now is 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 getting you know fully bit by surf skate bug you know and of course you know like my dad never really skated he surfed a little bit so we would get surfboards and stuff but for me, it's like the the day he told me he's like, Dad, I want to skate. I was crying. Get in the car. We went straight to McGill's skate shop, and it was just like, get the setup. And so, you know, I was super hyped. And now he goes to skate camp and stuff. And it's funny because he doesn't want to hear shit that I have to say about surfing or skating. It's like the other day I took him to the park, and I'm trying to tell him like, you know, this. Yeah, come over here. You should try to go. Di- you know, drop in this thing right here. And he's going. I know how to do that, Dad. Like, he doesn't want to hear my shit. And I'm going, like, look, kid, I've been skating 30 years. You know, I know how to do this. And, he's, and your own kid, I don't know, they don't want to, like, hear what you have to say. Yeah. So he goes, you know, so he goes to skate camp. 
and you know I'm going to send him to Neil Mims's skate camp. Yes, it's a little bit older. So yes. it's funny they don't want to hear what you have to say, but any other adult will be like, yeah, you know, like go down these stairs or drop in here, and they'll do it. Yeah. So, it's Hopefully James can, can uh, impart some wisdom on him. It's because they have access to your genius all the time, 24-7. <laughs> yeah. So like to my, them... My, yeah, my voice to my kids just is not... It's a different frequency. They just hear, like, Charlie Brown teacher. <laughs> You're, mundane. Like, oh. You're mundane to them. They're, like, oh, they're jaded from dead, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they just hear me going, don't do that. Stop it. What are you doing? <laughs> That's cool. Um, What does your lady do? Does she work as well? Yeah, she works at a jewelry company four days a week. Hell yeah. So she's like super mom slash um, businesswoman. That's awesome. Yeah, she's she's rad. Does she serve? Um, she used to. When she when she, when I first met her, she was a surfer. Um, but she doesn't really surf anymore. She goes to the beach and hangs out, but I can't get her. I don't really care if she surfs or not because, I mean, for me, like, I would never, even if I, if I was single or whatever, I don't think I would date a, surf, a surfer because... That's kind of like time away. Yeah, that's your. City, that's you know? it's like, fun. Yeah, you. Don't, I don't like to mix those worlds. <laughs> I'll go you know, swim, vacation, all that stuff. But surfing is like me, the homies, you know, or you know, yeah, that, time alone or time with friends. That's how you recharge. I'm the same way. Like my yeah. girl, me and my girl, have been exploring and trying new stuff, like surfing and paddleboarding and stuff like that. And uh, but. I don't want her to start skating. Yeah, you're not going to take her on session. You're not going to be like, oh, let's go to the park, you know? I actually go, I do go and watch her pole dance with her friends. Like, yesterday I went to... That's great. <laughs> I just lay on the ground. Like, yesterday, here's my day, Chris, yesterday. So, I had, like, a free day, and I was tired. Oh, actually, no, I skated street yesterday. It was the day before that. I had a free day, and I was tired, and I just wanted to relax. So, after I got out of work, I went, to my la- I went with my lady an hour away to the pole studio, and her and her partner, they have a brand called Hybrid Fit, um, fitness and pole dancing. And, and uh, I went to their studio, and I just sat there. I brought my dogs. I got two dogs. And then we just sat on these, like, mats on the ground. And while, like, these beautiful girls were twirling around doing all this athletic shit that, like, I could never do. Like, with That's so rough. much strength and style. And, like, it's beautiful just to watch, too. Like, like not, not being, like, sexual. I just mean, like, just watching these, like, silhouettes and figures and all the, like, shit they can really do. Like... It's fucking... That was my day. I, like, slayed around. I felt like a Greek god or something. Yeah, rule. I on pad. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's an art form. It's a physical art. It's... it's. I mean, I can I can totally catch, you know, catch where you're coming from because I've I've watched both kinds of pole dancing, like the, you know, the... Uh, yeah, strip clothes. The stripper yeah. kind and then, like, the real kind, you know, the, the art form, exercise kind and shit. Some of that, some of that stuff is, like, that's probably, you know, obviously why she can surf is because that's like you know, the strength that they have is all core and yeah that's you know, true that's, I never thought yeah. of that. that's a good excuse for me now I yeah. like yeah she can surf better because she works out or get get you on the pole for a couple months <laughs> and you'll surf better you know, I heard, I heard there were bear attacks at pole studios I don't yeah I don't. be careful. <laughs> but yeah, it's sick, dude. I, like I said, I, I don't know. I look at the world right now. It's 2015, and it's like we had the recession, and like all the old ways fucking kind of crumbled, you know. And it's like they gave us all this technology, and they're like, "Here, build an economy." And I'm like, "Well, okay, let's do it. Build it with stuff we love and like. It that way, we'll work harder. You know, you'll actually produce more and work harder if it's something you enjoy. Like you'll invest yourself into it. Being like working for someone else." 
you know, and being like, it, that's, you know, it's hard. It's hard, it, especially if you hate the job, you know? It's, yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure if somebody forced you, like, hey, you have to do a podcast, you'd be like, fuck. Yeah. I got to do this podcast again, but you're doing it yourself, <laughs> so you're like, hell yes, let's do it. Let's do three a day. Exactly. I, would, I wouldn't mind being employed for people if they're going to employ me to do what I love, you know? Like, if they're that's sitting true. around to use your voice at a surf contest or to, you know what I mean? Or to write or to <laughs> podcast and sick locations. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be mad at that at all. <laughs> yeah. Let's get you podcasting in Hawaii or something. I got to, I, I get really stuck on stupid and people tell me that like, uh, with the skating stuff. Cause you know, I've been skating for 20 years and doing it on that level. And then, um, I started the brand, which has to do with skateboarding, and then the podcast, which is, like, branching out of skateboarding a bit, because I have all different types of people on. Like, I right. I did a podcast with the lady who has a, a healing healing arts center, and she does, like, hypnosis and the float tank and buy all this crazy stuff I never knew about. But, like, but I just like doing the podcast because it's just exploring and doing new stuff, and I'm very naturally, like, inquisitive and psyched on stuff. So it's, like, it doesn't even feel like work. It's just fun. It is fun. <laughs> you sound like an enlightened man. You Thank know, you. Exploring, healing, and, you know, doing the uh, the float tank and all that kind of stuff where, you know, I, I'm the same way. Like, the 15-year-old me would fully make fun of all the shit that I'm into now. <laughs> it's, you know, riding big like longer surfboards call them eggs yeah and you know like as a teenager you see a dude with that board you're like you fucking coop you know like what is this dude <laughs> but now it's like i love it so it's it's funny when you kind of just open yourself up to to things like like healing you know you you would probably as your teenage self go what like yeah float tank uh acupuncture like what the hell is that you know but now you're going oh my god there's so much out there that if you just open your mind to it it's just, you know, you, you, closing your mind to that stuff is really going to cut off your experiential life. Yeah. So it's, that's rad that you're, you know, just, I love inquisitive people because, you know, it asking questions and, and listening and kind of just being open, I feel like, is a, a trait that not a lot of people have. Yeah, so that's cool that you're that you're into it and you're doing it. Yeah, at, dude, because I want to find forever, man. I just want to find forever. Because when I lost my father at 14, it scared me at a young age. I was so afraid. Like I saw the frailty of life. He was my safety net. Because my mom was still running wild then, even when my father was alive. You know, and my dad had his demons too. He was in a motorcycle club and like, but he was my safety net because he took care of us really well and like kept us away from like the darkness of life, like the violence right. and all that stuff. You know, and uh. When I lost him, it just made me, like, I just realized life is short, and I, like, then I started wanting to experience it, because I'm, like, you go one way, you, your thoughts one way all the time. Like, I, you, when you're growing up, your thoughts are one way, so as you get older, I like to just kind of, like, now I can open up my thoughts and try everything. It's not out of fear anymore. It's more out of just, like, excitement for life. It's, like, a, yeah. it's awesome. I, that rules. Good. I want new, you get new numbers, new uh, information, that's how you grow. You got to be able to listen and take the information in. You don't have to fall for it all, like hypnosis or whatever. Like, although she explained it, it sounded pretty legit, but I'm not, I haven't gone. I'm not saying I'm going. Maybe, maybe not. Mark Johnson right. did it. But, uh, um, but it can't hurt to listen and take in information. Even when you're young, it's like, you're like, like, especially me, I was like, just skateboarding, just skateboarding, just skateboarding. Like, this is like what makes me happy. This is it. This is, as I get older, it's like, I let other things in as well, and they mesh so good with skating. Like, surfing mesh is good, too, you know? And everything. I'm trying to mesh it all together to make it, like, awesome. I think that's... Mesh that shit. <laughs> you said you're 38? 
Yeah. All right, so I'm 32. So you give me hope because you're older than me. So I'm gonna keep the show going. Yeah, we're, we're in our mid we're in our mid 30s. It's all good. <laughs> I'm on the higher scale. You're on the lower one. All right. We're, all right. We're going to go into skating a little, all right? Cool. All right. What What type – what is your skating? Like, what was your generation of skating? I know you mentioned Mike V. So, like, where have you gone with skating personally? Well, I started in the 80s. So it was like Airwalk, you know, one with the lace savers and all the <laughs> lappers and rails, everything. Um, Palo Peralta road uh you know mcgill's boards that was kind of the sh- i was a shop rat at mcgill's shop in the 80s dude i've been to uh-huh. mcgill's it's fucking sick we went out i broke i brought my team out there for two weeks to san diego and we stopped in oh hell yeah and mcgill's and eat that sick ass wall he has with the fish tank and it's all the boards are cut up and like yeah i walked in and i was like i, I know about mcgill through like the older dudes telling me right right you know because i didn't get on to the videos and stuff like that till later on the east coast but um yeah, I would. I knew I was in a historic, cool spot, but then just seeing that wall and just I don't know, I could tell that place was so sick. Yeah, we actually had we had Miguel on the cover of a, a magazine recently. But back to uh, back to me. Um, you <laughs> yeah, know, please. Like my brother and I, same thing. Like my parents would straight up just drop us off at Del Mar Skate Ranch like eight a.m. and leave us there till five. Damn. So we would just be park rats. So just you know, skated up you know for forever and just kept skating and you know it's funny a lot of my friends they don't skate anymore but some of my friends do and so it's you know it's basically i i still like i don't again i don't like fuck with stairs rails good for you good for I, you. I love you know we have a brand new park here in encinitas so i go there like 7 a.m you like skate skating. transition then because of surfing yeah mini ramps Ooh. skate parks um i like you know skating street but just kind of more like kicking around um yeah, like sidewalks like, yeah cruising um but you know i still like you know my go-to tricks i got one i got one wheel manuals that i love you do like, you lie yeah. you serious That's like Dan, you know dan gonzalez <laughs> when, he, when he had his transworld part i saw that i was like oh my god like that i love that dude you should be pro because i was a pro and i could never <laughs> i never did a one-wheeled manual you're better well, at that than me I mean, I still, I geek out on it, you know, I like upload, I just put on my Instagram two days ago, like, uh, I'll, I'll, I went and checked the way, I'll check the waves early, 6.30 or something, if it's flat, I'll go to the park and just skate by myself for a couple of hours yes. or, or meet other adults for Dawn Patrol skate sessions, um. One of my best friends, Micah Matson. He was like a zero team rider for a while. Dude, I know Micah Matson. He had the sickest part in the zero video. Yeah, was it Thrill of It All? Thrill or? of It All, I believe, dude. That guy was so good. Yeah, so Micah and I, the other day, he had a party at his house, um, like a going-away party for him and his wife. They're going on a trip, and when I showed up, we're just kind of sitting there, and he has a tiny quarter pipe in his garage, and we just ended up sessioning the thing for like two hours. Yes. And everyone's standing around like, going, wait, like these adults are <laughs> having a party in the backyard, and... Mike and I are in the garage, so that's kind of like our shit. That's you know, we, awesome. <laughs> there's, there's, there's always somebody to skate with, you know. But, you know, I just, I just skate probably, I skate every day still. Um, the flip tricks are getting less and less, but that's all right. That's all right. It's a little park and like, I never go on a trip without my skateboard. Um, and you know, anywhere you go, basically nowadays, it's like you know that there's going to be a park somewhere 
or you know, there's going to be something to skate. Yeah, it's spread. Every time, yeah, every time I don't bring my board, I see something super good and it bumps me out. So I never fuck with leaving my board at home. That's all right. Um, oh, I was going to ask you. Hold on, real quick. Where was I going with this? Shit, I forgot. That's the problem when you smoke a lot of weed. You're a bit space casey. It's, it happens. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so it's, hold on. Sorry. There was something I was going to ask you. Hold on. I wrote it down. Did I write it down? Oh, yeah, yeah. Going back. How how long is the the riding in vans with boys? Um, it's an hour. It's like an hour long documentary. Is it is it was it sponsored? You that's what it was. You were going guerrilla style, like you just would bring the camera and just be like, we're just gonna film whatever. We have a band, uh, Blink One Eighty Two's company at the time was called Atticus, it's a clothing company, and so they paid for the documentary to be made, and I I wrote it. I wrote the you know like the script or whatever like the voiceovers and stuff was it a D- did you do dvds back then yeah it's on dvd and i think it's on netflix and shit now you can find it on the internet all right i'm gonna look on uh net- on the web all i have is netflix that's all i that's all i mess with it might be on there do you have netflix yes is you ever try hulu yeah i have um netflix it's called like roku box you know a little thing I don't know, smart TV or some shit. Okay. Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff. You you ever think about um you ever think about doing a podcast? I have, yeah. I mean, I've 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 messed with it a bunch of times. I've just I I haven't committed to it. You know, because of the again the, like the hustles keep me super busy. Yeah. So it's hard to like add another thing. But. Eventually, I'm definitely going to do... I'd like to do a podcast just about Encinitas, and then another one just kind of like... Uh, I don't want to say about like action sports, but I don't know. I'm into kind of... I like music conspiracies, so I've done a, a couple podcasts on that. Music but conspiracies? Serious. Like the conspiracy behind musicians and stuff? Like what? Like song song meanings, you know? Uh-huh. Or, yeah, or kind of like urban myths about... Songs and stuff oh, that's like that. pretty sick. That's a cool idea. You've done yeah. that already. I've I've probably done two episodes, but again, I I didn't really push it. What's it called though? If I wanted to nerd out and check it out, uh, it's called Conspiracy Countdown. I I had it on my uh my website, which again I I haven't updated my website in a long time, but well, the website Cotes dot com. Yeah, I'm gonna check it all out. That's where I'm going after. So. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to ask originally. Um, Kelly Slater, dude, I saw you hanging out with that guy. Is he the Tony Hawk of skateboarding? Am I stupid for even saying that? No, I mean, he's the the Michael Jordan, Tony Hawk, whoever, like the best of the best ever. I mean, he's got 11 world championships. He's 42 and he's still beating people, which is just crazy. Did he, did he have, does he have another side beside competition and surfing? Like, did he, uh, does he have video parts? Or like, does he have the other side as well? Um, every once in a while, you know, like, he'll have video parts come out. He does photo trips and stuff like that, but he's kind of more now on the business side. So again, definitely like a Tony Hawk where, you know, he's got, clothing companies and surf companies so he's kind of like full-blown businessman guy he's wild he's grown to that 
Yeah. That's an I guess that's a natural progression when you've done when you do it all of Yeah, and yeah. you've won everything. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> I doubt. Was it, it do you do you know him personally? Yeah, I know him. I saw a yeah. video with you guys talking and you guys were like singing or something and it seemed like you guys were friends. We're friends, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, he's he definitely uh, is. He's a kind of a strange guy in a, in a good way. He's like kind of a freak, and I think you have to be when you're that good at something. Yeah. So, um, what's the word? What's the word for that? Like, um, savant, eccentric, eccentric. Yeah. Savant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know where you're at, though. I agree. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, I just wonder. I was like, he must seem. He seems like a cool dude. It must be pretty sick to hang out with him. And like, I don't know. I I always wonder. Like when people ask me about Tony Hawk, they're like, because I met him and I wrote for his company, Birdhouse. And, right. And when they ask me about it, I'm like, yeah, the dude was so cool. Like he's just super cool. Like he's successful and like he's famous as shit. But like he's just down to earth. Normal. Yeah, he'll he'll sleep on the floor of a hotel room. Like whatever. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So sick. Well, he's fuck. not at the Four Seasons. <laughs> well, fuck, man. You're a really cool-ass dude. I don't you are too, brother. We're friends now, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I'm skating for World Footwear now. I don't know. I'm Again, for the second time. They want to give me more money to create skateboard stuff. Can't be, mad. Can't be mad at that, right? Um, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, it's about living the dream, right? Oh, absolutely. I have so many cool ideas and so much fun stuff that, like, I, I'm hyped on it all. So, um... But RP Best, he's, he, I don't know how often you see him, but I'll probably be out that way soon. So we'll have to get some uh, some Mexican food. Let's do it. Tacos. You got the spot? I got multiple spots. All right. <laughs> Sick. Then I'll, when I get out there, I'm going to tell RP we got to meet up with Chris and uh, get some uh, Mexican and just do another podcast in person. Let's do it. Let's get you some slappies. Yes, please. Um, take you skating, I'll take you surfing. All right. All right. I, and I, I'll do it. Dude, absolutely. That's it. I'm hyped. We got a deal. We got a deal. Um, how I usually end it is if you have anything you want to share with people. Like if you, I don't know, like I like sharing my podcast and my brand and all the shit I'm working on. Like I, you've kind of mentioned it, be, in it throughout this episode, but maybe just officially let them know right here. Yeah. I mean, I guess the best the best way to figure out or hear about the shit I'm doing, all the hustles would be my Instagram. It's just at Chris Cote. And I'm shameless self promoter, and that's all good with me. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> me too. If you're excited <laughs> and you're doing stuff, you should want to share it. <laughs> Promote it. Yeah, please. I want to watch it all. I love it. Um, what? Before, it's my show, so I can do what the fuck I want. What yeah, is your What is your last name? What is that? What ethnicity? Uh, French. French. Cote. Yeah. yeah. I guess that makes sense. Is it short? Yeah. Is that your last name? It's not short for anything. No, that, that's my last name. It's like uh, I think it means. It's kind of like side, you know, when you're in France, you'll go and, and you'll see a lot of roads, Côté de Rhone or Côté something. It's like something something about side. I don't know. But, yeah, that, that's our name, French. Sick, man. Well, cool. Thank you for coming on the podcast, homie. Thanks for having me, brother. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time. Where you at? Put your fist up. We gon' twist up. Say, come on, come on. Experience the train. Uh, thrust, hot, boy. Come on. Experience rocking with the reed.